Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Many of us think if aliens showed up on Earth tomorrow in our driveway at our front door and they weren't so friendly, many of us believe we could negotiate peace with them. Oh, right. I would scream like a 12-year-old, <laughs> poop myself. Yeah, like what are you assuming they look like? Well, I think we all think they look like E.T. of some sort. Right. You know. But even still, that would freak you out. Oh, for sure. You would think somebody had slipped something into your drink. Right. Uh, well, you know, and here's a great example, too, because it's not like they're going to come down and speak perfect English to you. No. <laughs> You're going to have to figure something out. And I have seen people freak out in, like, Montreal when they see French. Right. And and and, and have zero clue. And, and even words that are, you know, oh, it's an hamburger. Like, it's not that hard to figure out hamburger and hamburger are the same bloody thing. But people lose their minds when it comes to it. You'd end up uh, doing what we all do when we speak to somebody from another country. We talk louder and slower. <laughs> so you'd be yelling at the aliens. We don't want trouble. <laughs> They're just looking for a bathroom. Right. You know, they gotta, they're upset because they've been on a long flight. Very long. They're hungry and they gotta pee and they lost their luggage somewhere. Using horrible hand signals again. Yeah. Now, this is funny, of course. Many people said Taylor Swift should do it. Oh. <laughs> she can sing them a song. She, <laughs> she can't stop the fighting between NFL fans. Yeah. Yeah. And then others say that, uh, our current world leaders should represent Earth. They, our current world leaders can't organize a sit-down pee. Right. Yeah. I don't think so. No. Now, many of us believe aliens are already here. I, I don't think they're here, but I think they're out there. Mm. I, 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 I would find it very hard in the vast space that is the Milky Way in the universe that we're the only thing floating around. I mean, I know we think we're the ultimate, the ultimate. Yeah. But uh, I got to believe there's other stuff out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of planets out there. There is a lot. And if they're spying on us, if I was one of them, I wouldn't want to come here either. <laughs> we're narcissistic a-holes. Who would want? You know, it's funny that we asked the question if they came and were angry. We'd just start shooting them. Right. That would be our response. We'd go to war with them. You think somewhere else there's a there's a planet, they've got like a sports book where they're betting on when we destroy our own planet here? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are they giving the over-under at? Oh, yeah. 3,000? Yep, probably. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. And then we also, we also tend to think that uh, aliens would have some, you know, better form of intelligence than us. And, and maybe they're just milk duds. Like, right. We, you, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. You know. But I know me. I look out my front window, and there's something with three heads. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're turning off the lights and going to bed. Every single day of our life, every single day, we've got to make some sort of decision. Some are big decisions, and those require time and consideration. Others aren't so big, but we struggle with them anyway. People looked at the uh, top everyday decisions we struggle with. And at number one is what to eat. Okay. Number one struggle we have. Now, there are those, and, and I remember growing up, my uh, my mother would do this, certainly with dinners anyhow. Every day had a specific dinner. 
So there was no need to ever question it. Okay. You know, like Friday night was steak and chips. Yeah, Taco Tuesdays, whatever. Pizza was Saturday, whatever it was, Taco Tuesdays. Yeah, so there was no question of, well, what should we have for dinner? Right. Now, I'm always trying different things all the time, so I'm constantly struggling with, well, what the hell will I cook tonight? And usually it's kind of based just on what's on sale at the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah, you're a shop every day guy. Every day I'm in there. What to watch on TV? Yes, because there's so many damn options Mm -hmm. now. Decisions related to a hobby you have. Maybe if it's like um, golf, uh, deciding whether you're buying new clubs or adding to your set or... Or to sell your hockey cards. Did you see this story come no. up yesterday? A guy in, uh, I want to say it West. I don't know if it was Edmonton, Edmonton or not. But uh, a family found um, a collection of hockey cards. And in it, this guy had a box of unopened boxes of hockey cards. Mm. So basically the boxes of packets that you used to see at the convenience store. I don't even know if they still have them there. Right. Um, but... Uh, this was a box that had 16 boxes of unopened packets, but they happened to be from like the 1979-1980 OPGC, OPG card set, which was Wayne Gretzky's rookie year. And so there's a possibility that there's a card of Wayne Gretzky's rookie card in there, untouched, unopened, mm. but they don't know until it's open. So far, they're auctioning the whole thing off. As unopened, they're not opening it, so whoever wants to buy it, it's over a million dollars already. And you must have a bid in. No, not quite. No, come on. Like I had a buddy who had one of those rookie cards. They say they're like they're worth a million dollars now. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. You always hear stories of, of people who had all these different collectible cards, be it baseball or whatever, and they got tossed out by mistake. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, my brother-in-law had like a garbage bag full of them that uh, his mom... So my brother-in-law, so my mother-in-law uh, was cleaning out the basement one day and saw this garbage bag and just tossed it. Yeah. And it was full of cards, <laughs> like all, like every sport imaginable. Uh, we struggle with what to wear. Yes. Uh, I, you know, not me. But then, of course, my wardrobe is pretty small. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and I guess if you, you're also your your list of things to do is small mm. as well, right? You go to work and you go to the grocery store. You don't struggle with wardrobe consultations for that. No, no, but, I can come you know, here. If you've got me- meetings and your dinners with people, you got to figure out what you're wearing. I guess successful people struggle. Yeah. Uh, what to buy at the store? Well, don't you know going in what you're buying? Like it, I'm you just a, said, you don't. You go based on what's no, on sale. Food. Okay, food is one thing, but I when they say go to the store, maybe I maybe I'm just assuming they mean like going to the Gap. Mm. But but if I'm going to the mall to a store, I know I'm going to buy a new hoodie or running shoes. Yeah, I'm not well, just going to the mall to walk around and look at things. Have you looked for a hoodie or running shoes? You know how many different options there are when it comes to those now. Nah, that's why I just let Maria buy this stuff for me. <laughs> I noticed yesterday you had some very blinding new Nike running shoes on. Uh, I got them on today. Well, actually, because I got to go to a meeting after this, and I thought with Nike, no. But I just thought I'd the other ones that I wear during the winter are usually pretty all scrum, scuffy, and look look like crap. But what meeting are you going to in running shoes? Well, they're just a they're just a casual shoe. No, it's a running shoe. It's not a running shoe. Who are, who are you meeting? Why are you being so uh, secretive? Who are you meeting with? I'm meeting financial advisors. Well, there you go. Yes. Okay. Well, you're, not, you're not. You're not meeting members no, of I'm Hamas. Not. I mean, 
Gotta go negotiate. Jesus. Truce and a ceasefire. <laughs> Nobody ever meets with financial advisors. Right. That's you're so different right. and weird and closing unique. my father's affairs. Okay. If you must know. Oh, right. Again, not unusual. <laughs> no. Many people do it. Know, but Actually, I... let me know how that goes because I can't seem to close my father's. Can I join in on this meeting? Maybe they can help my hours out. What a nightmare. Uh, what else do we struggle with every day? Your morning routine and what order to do stuff. Well, wake up, pee, poop, brush your teeth, shower, go to work. Yeah, it it shouldn't be that difficult, but it is. Whether spending money on something is worth it, yes, okay, we all hum and haw over buying stuff. How to organize your day, personal hygiene, <laughs> shower. Yeah. There's an idea. <laughs> brush your teeth. Yeah. Social-related decisions, like should you grab a drink with a friend or have dinner with somebody in the evening. Mm. The uh, poll also looked at the top big decisions we take our time with, and uh, number one, of course, was buying a house, then getting married or divorced, having kids, changing jobs, moving. And we all regret a big decision that we made when we were young. We also regret a decision about our career. (laughs) That's very true. (laughs) Uh, We regret something about our significant other. Well, not me. Right. I mean, she's perfect. (laughs) She's perfect. Uh, and we regret certain parenting decisions we've made. Yeah, because that's, I mean, of all the jobs you have in life, that by far is the toughest. Uh, it's got a lot of decisions to it. Yeah, and a lot of wrong ones are made. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow, my boys, they seem fairly unscathed. Now, I know ever since uh, the Chiefs won their game and are heading to the Super Bowl, many of us are losing sleep over whether Taylor Swift will perform with Usher or even if she'll even get to the game. Oh, she's not missing this. We're very concerned. Well, according to TMZ, and this isn't too surprising, Taylor will not be performing in any capacity. She'll just be there as a fan to cheer on Travis and the Chiefs at the Swifty Bowl in Vegas. Uh, there has been rumors that she couldn't make it, but uh, this is, of course, because she's uh, in Tokyo doing four straight shows in a row. Tokyo's 17 hours ahead of Las Vegas, so when the concert ends, it'll probably be around 5 or 6 a.m. Saturday Vegas time. It takes about 11 to 12 hours to fly from Tokyo to Vegas when you're flying private, because, of course, she won't be on any uh, Swifty air. No, <clears throat> not on JetBlue. No. So there's going to be no issue for Taylor to get there. She'll even have all of Saturday night to rest up before the game. So if you were concerned. Right. I, was, I know. I was I concerned. Know. She's going to take Air Canada. Her bags would be missing. Right. What's she going to wear? I really thought they were going to move the Super Bowl, the Swifty Bowl, to Tokyo. Right. And I have a feeling she'll just, you know, sleep on the plane. I think there will be some fun and partying going on Saturday night in Vegas. I don't think she's crawling into bed early Saturday night. <laughs> In Las Vegas the night before the Super Bowl. But people are going crazy with all sorts of, like, adding up of numbers and what this means and what... This is her 15th... The 13th. No, no, 15th game she's going to. And 15 is her favorite number. 13, yes, is the number 5 and... uh, Is it 8, 13? It's the 58th, right? Super Bowl? Right. So they're adding the 8 and the 5. Yeah, to get to 13. The 13 is her, her, her number, I think, right? Yes, 13 is the name of that one album. Yeah. But 15 is her favorite number, supposedly. Oh. And I just heard them say on some report that this will be her 15th appearance at at an NFL football game. 
This is what I've heard. Right. Who cares? <laughs> no one cares. <clears throat> no, <laughs> the world does. The world does care. <laughs> I mean, we only talk about it. It's funny. I've had a few people say to me, uh, ever since all of this Taylor Swift chaos has been going on, like, why, you don't play her. Why do you even talk about her? Well, because it's kind of a pop culture yeah. and current events. I know. It, it is. Um, and the NFL wants this. Yeah. Right? There, there are people who are losing their minds over this, thinking that this is all scripted mm-hmm. to, to have Taylor Swift there for a ratings boost. They don't need it for the Super Bowl. And if, you, if you've noticed what they make in commercials, uh, uh, revenue alone, the Super Bowl doesn't need the help, but they'll take it. You know, the NFL has been brilliant, um, and I don't know if they dream this up uh kind of out of the blue or it's just been in the uh, works for decades probably but the the thing that makes the NFL so massively popular is just the f- first of all the limited games so everything every game is an event mm-hmm. right if you lose in the first couple of games of the season it can really determine where you end up at the end of it's only 17 games used to be what 16 right Whereas in baseball or hockey, when you got uh, 80-something games and 100-and-something games, you can go on big losing streaks and still find your way back. Right. And and it's every, and it was for the longest time, it was uh, like every Sunday on the couch. Now you got your Monday nights and your Thursday nights. But they've been real, and, and it just, with the tailgating and everything that goes around football. Yeah. The actual product on the field live is boring as the day is long. I think, and especially here in the GTA, we have such a spoiled perspective of what sports is like. Uh, in the sense that it's right here. Mm-hmm. Want to watch the Raptors or Leafs? You know, you go downtown. It, yeah. It's it. Yes, it's expensive to do that, uh, and and limiting for many in terms of being able to afford to go. Mm. But it's not that hard to go. You know, last time I was in Ottawa, I ran into a family that were from Sudbury, and I assumed that they were there for the kids' hockey tournament. And they weren't. They were there because they wanted to go see an NHL game. But the closest game they could get to mm-hmm. from Sudbury was Ottawa. And, and so they're staying overnight. They're in a hotel. They're, they're All of this is to see a game. And then when I was down in Pittsburgh recently, I noticed uh, the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars were in town. They took over an entire hotel. Mm-hmm. And the... Uh, the escort, the police escort that the Jaguars buses and entourage had to get them from the hotel to the field. I actually thought the president was in town. Like right. it was, it was about 17 police cars shutting down, you know, ramps and, and, uh, and intersections to escort the buses. Mm-hmm. Like these are moving cities. They they say that about, you know, concert tours, right? Yep. There's basically moving cities coming in and taking over the area. You know, it is a it is an unbelievable um operation that moves the teams back and forth and you add on top of that the fans mm-hmm. that travel city to city to go watch these teams and the amount that's spent on it. It is crazy. And as much as I constantly go on about my disdain for the culture of sport, I I do think it really is probably more important now than it's ever been. Because with all the divide that we have left and right and nobody believing anything anybody has to say, it is... The one thing we can all agree on that is true and real, you win or lose. There's no 
There's no arguing that. A team, well, you can argue, oh, they lost the, the, the refs. The, but there's always going to be a winner and a loser at the end of it. <clears throat> Plus, you also have, in a stadium full of NFL fans, a lot of right-wing and a lot of left-wing people. Mm. They all love it. They're all there. It's the one thing that you have to actually be very, very good at to perform at that level. There's, You know, we hear Nepo babies and all of this stuff in yeah. Hollywood, right? Uh, what's his name? Son, who wants to come into the NFL or in the NBA. Um, he's only going to ever get there, and his dad's only going to ever have the chance to play with him if he's good enough. Oh, LeBron, yeah. LeBron and his son. There's no there's no faking it. Yeah, talent is talent. Yeah, you're either good enough or you're not good enough. Right, there's no there's no auto-tune in sports, right? right? Now, some, t- some team in the NBA might take LeBron's son, even if he's not quite good enough, because they know they'll get LeBron <laughs> on the tail end of his career. And that would just print money for whatever team. A lot of tickets. Right, of course. But it again, as much as I could care less sports is so far down my list of anything important i i see it as something very important right now and the other thing the super bowl has going for it is that it is the penultimate game like mm-hmm. that is that is it mm-hmm. right other sports it, it is game seven yeah because you know at the end of the game the trophy's getting handed out right, right? you make the playoffs in and any of the other sports it's about a series mm-hmm. and you so you're not sure what Wonder what game you're going to in order to see the trophy getting handed out. So on Netflix now, there's a documentary called The Greatest Night in Pop, and it's all about the We Are the World recording for uh, famine relief uh, during the time of live aid and raising all the money for uh, famine in, in Africa. And, uh, and first there was uh, the English version of Do They Know It's Christmas? And right. then supposedly uh, Harry Belafonte got in his head that there should be an American version, and he, uh, I guess, reached out to the likes of Michael Jackson and Quincy Jones. Oh, okay. I thought they spearheaded it. He didn't know Belafonte had anything to do Yeah, yeah. And uh, then Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie wrote the song. They they avoided any dated expressions when they wrote the song. They wanted to make sure the lyrics were timeless. It was recorded after the 85 American Music Awards. That's how they got so many huge stars together all at once. Prince was supposed to be there, but he was a no-show. People seem to think it was because of his rivalry with Michael Jackson. And also, it just didn't fit his brand. I saw that he'd, he'd agreed to do a guitar solo in it and oh. then bailed. Like, it just didn't, it didn't show. So helping the uh, the starving isn't your brand, Prince. Because okay. they did it all in one night, right? Yeah. yeah, it was all done overnight. Yeah, they were there, I think, till the sun came up. Uh, he was actually, Prince, was actually at a Mexican restaurant just down the street. Madonna was not invited, and sources say it broke her heart. Now, apparently, some of the organizers felt she wasn't good enough, <laughs> so they went with Cyndi Lauper instead. Wow. Now, there are some songs that Cyndi Lauper has sang. You can, she is, she has a very talented, she's very good. Very distinctive voice, but yeah. you know, True Colors is a beautiful song. It is. Uh, she almost, well, I, I'd heard that she almost bailed because her boyfriend didn't like the song or didn't think it was going to be a hit. Uh, and that she almost ruined it because her jewelry 
uh, was like ringing, like bangles were going all the time, and they couldn't figure out was the mics were picking up. <laughs> yeah, because she always, yeah, that's right. She always wore all those bracelets and stuff. Uh, Dan Aykroyd took part by accident. He just happened to be talking to a talent manager that day, and the guy invited him to the recording session. Really? Yeah. It's funny because I was just looking up uh, the Northern Lights was the uh, Canadian version of it. What was or, this? Uh, Tears are not enough. Tears are not enough yeah. was, the, was the song, and that was written by Brian Adams. Um, and David Foster. Right. But like, when you look at uh, the group of singers, I mean, they had, you know, Gordon Lightfoot, Burton Cummings, and Ann Murray, and the mm-hmm. Canadian stars. And, um, and, but then there was like a chorus that went along with it. John Candy was in the chorus. Oh, cool. Yeah. So Dan Aykroyd did the American version. Yeah. A Canadian actor, but, uh, John Candy did huh. the Canadian one. I saw, uh, Martin Short with, um, Bill Maher on his Club Random podcast, and I guess they've been friends for a long time. They seem to have a good time together. Martin Short's always a great interview, but John Candy's name came up, and and Martin just he couldn't he couldn't talk more fondly about him. And then oh, Bill Maher turned into a bit of a jerk, which he does occasionally, where he's like, "Yeah, he was very funny and fat." And he must have called him fat like three or four times. And then Martin Short kind of goes, "Enough with the fat." Oh, like he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, just it was like a little. It was a little moment, yeah. you know. Just a little moment, and it, when I when I uh, watched that, I just thought, boy, I re- I would love to share with somebody like Martin Short my little one time meeting of John Candy because he was so kind and so nice. Anyhow, one of the uh, one of the celebrity deaths I'll always remember where I was when I heard it mm. uh, on Highway Ten driving south towards Brampton from Orangeville, and it came on the radio. I think it was in March he died. If I remember, it was cold. But just being so shocked, because he was pretty young, although, of course, with the weight, he's pretty out of shape. Uh, Bob Dylan almost had a nervous breakdown at the recording of We Are the World. He got all stressed out trying to figure out how to sing his part, when all they wanted him to do was sound like Bob Dylan. <laughs> just be Bob. But again, to the Canadian one, same thing with Neil Young. Okay. So like, just sing like Neil Young. Right. Sing. Be you. Eddie Murphy missed his chance to be there. Eddie was at Stevie Wonder's studio recording his single party all the time. Stevie asked him to come over. He declined. When he realized what he'd passed up, he felt like an idiot. No kidding. Yeah. Like, you think Stevie's people would have said, hey, you're not going to believe who's all here. You yeah. Know, come on over. Yeah, but uh, you never know. At the time, Eddie was pretty big. Yeah. He was like, no, I was, <laughs> I'm not going over for Stevie. How does he know who's there? That's right. That's right. <laughs> he can't see them. Yeah, you're probably right. He probably would have been offended that he wasn't asked to sing on it. Right. Yeah. Uh, we Are the World was a massive success. It spent four weeks at number one, went quadruple platinum within a month, went on to sell 7 million copies and raised $63 million. And not everyone liked the song. Billy Joel claims they all hated it, but nobody was willing to say so. <laughs> Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure. Yeah, there's a lot of stars, a lot of egos in one room. Yeah. And they each get one line. And when you read your line and it's, you know, send them to your heart. And it'd be like, this is cheese. It was. It was full fromage. Yeah, but I'm going to watch it. You know what I'll end up doing, though? I'll uh, I'll watch it and I'll spend most of the time trying to figure out who's still alive and who's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I've decided uh, where I'm going uh, this spring. I'm going to go to uh, Monaco for the uh, Yacht Expo. Okay. I uh, watched on CNN a uh, one-hour doc called uh, 
Super yachts and the super rich. Right. These are your people lucky. That'll be fun. Just swinging dicks, alpha males. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've learned a little bit about yachts. Okay. Now that I'm in the market. Yep. Uh, the term they all throw around, the yacht buyers, is LOA, which length overall. Okay. All right. And so you would think that when buying a yacht, you'd have, you know, in your life, you get to a certain stage, you've made so much money, you've had so much success, you buy yourself your yacht. Uh, but no, that's not the case. Because mm. once you got a yacht, now you're competing with everybody else who's got a yacht. Right. And every few years you got to uh, turn it in, buy a new one, sell the old one. You want to go a couple of feet larger. Well, of course. Every time. You get yacht envy. That's right. So uh, there's three categories of yachts I've mm-hmm. learned. Okay. There's your super yacht. This is anything over 78 feet long. All right. Then there's your um, mega yacht. That's anything 230 feet plus. Wow. And then there's your giga yacht. That is anything 290 feet plus. Now, an NFL football field is 300 feet. Okay. So there are yachts out there longer than an NFL football field. Right. One of my favorite stories that I learned yesterday is Bezos, who's Jeff Bezos, Amazon, is very, you know, tries to come across as very environmentally friendly. Mm -hmm. So he built a giga yacht. Of course. But it's a sail yacht. Meaning it has no motor on it. Or if it does, it doesn't get used. Yes. Here's the thing, though. He has a yacht, this mega yacht or this giga yacht, but it's followed around. It follows him around on his giga yacht, a 246-foot super yacht, follows him around with a helicopter pad on it (laughs) because his fiance. Is a helicopter pilot, and she needs somewhere to drop her helicopter. Oh, okay. So he's got a yacht, yes, and then a yacht that follows the yacht. The, so he's got a giga yacht, uh-huh. but the dinghy, yeah, is a is, super yacht. Is a super yacht, right? And yeah. all of these are in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. To one purchase, but then once you purchase it, you still have an operating cost to it all. Yeah, yeah. Got those numbers because I'm in the market. <laughs> okay. Uh, so they highlighted a couple of yachts that you can rent that are on the market. You know, somebody owns them, but they rent them out. This first one, Virt- Virtuosity, okay. is a Canadian-owned. So here's the other funny thing. The CNN could not get anybody who owns these yachts to speak on camera because it's almost embarrassing. Mm. Because what one yacht salesperson said, the CEO of this yacht company, it's an absolute, complete waste of money, but a giga yacht, now on the planet Earth, is the most expensive thing to buy. Like, once you've bought all your cars and homes and traveled the world, right? there's nothing more you can waste your money on than a yacht. And so this virtuosity is 187 feet, so it puts it in the uh, super yacht category. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you wanted to rent it, like for a little, uh, a week getaway for the family, uh, four hundred to five hundred thousand dollars for the week. Right. That does not uh, include getting you to the bo- boat, food and booze, gratuity for the staff. Here's the other interesting thing I learned about yachts. After the Titanic sank, laws were put in, put in place. Maritime maritime laws maritime maritime laws were put into place that no matter how big your yacht is, you can only have twelve guests on it, but you can have unlimited staff. Okay. Which makes no sense. Right. 
But um, one this one uh, virtuosity uh, has a has a, a disco on it, a, a dance, a club. Yes. Oh, of course. I've been on it. It's nice. Yeah, it's lovely. Except if you can only have twelve people there on this massive yacht. Right. Like most most of these owners barely ever go to these yachts. They they just rent them out. Rent them out. You know, rent them out for most of the uh, the time. So there's that. You gotta dock the thing, right? Yeah. And you gotta, you gotta pay them, for that too. A lot of them, that's why they have two yachts. Yeah. One hat, they're too big to come into a, a yeah, dock. Yeah, you need a yacht to take you to your yeah. yacht. A million, year, a million bucks a year to maintain a super yacht, up to six million dollars a year to maintain a giga yacht. Wow. Eighty thousand dollars just to fill the yacht with gas. I don't think that's actually low. And they usually fill them seven times a year. Yeah. Now, the uh, Corinthia 7 is the largest giga yacht in the world, 318 feet, so 18 feet longer than an NFL football field. It was bought in 2002 and then rebuilt in 2013 because, of course, it needed upgrades. $1.6 million a week to charter, sold for $95 million. Hmm. And then I stumbled upon this yacht songs because you got to have music on your yacht. <laughs> I want to go in fully engaged. I guess you are. Number one yacht song. What a fool believes the Doobie Brothers. Oh, really? The Doobie Brothers show up a few times on this list. Boz Skaggs, Lido Shuffle and Lowdown. Steely Dan really showing up on uh, Yacht Rock with Peg and Dirty Work. And uh, what else do they got? They got a couple other songs on here. Baker Street shows up. Summer Breeze, Seals and Crofts, you know, these are all the yeah. A19, Rich Girl, of course, uh-huh. all the Lonely Boy, Baby Come Back, Dreams from Fleetwood Mac. So I got I got my uh, playlist. Yeah. And I got my yacht. You need to add one more song to that. What? Notorious B.I.G. and Mo Money, Mo Problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. If you, if you, uh, I, I have not uh, deleted this thing. I've actually, I went through it a couple of times because it's just... These yachts are insane. And they have um, the, the second biggest uh, yacht expo is in Fort Lauderdale. And they got finally got a guy, him and his wife. Uh, they're retired. They've gone through a bunch of yachts. He, self-made, millionaire, good on him, did his own thing, came from nothing, got into, he was a mechanic to start, and then ended up uh, getting into the world of uh, high-end car maintenance, ended up owning a bunch of dealerships, so made a life for himself. Good on him. But they've gone through about six yachts. He's, yeah. got, he's got that problem, too. Every time he sees somebody with a bigger yacht, he needs a bigger yacht. Yeah, you get yacht envy. Oh, you need to uh, watch a couple episodes of Below Deck. I have seen that. Yeah. <laughs> and that will uh, that will drive you nuts. I want to drown the, myself. <laughs> the class of people yeah. who are on this thing. And, and the money that they spend and the way that they act. It's unbelievable. I, You know, it's funny because as I was watching it, I thought, I could see Lucky. If there was un, unending amounts of money, he's got that swinging dick alpha male. I can see you out there just being one of the worst of them. Rock Mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.